when I first saw that, I thought, wow, it just brought a peace over my life. <laughs> if you weren't able to read it on this side, uh, go later on in the live stream and just watch that first part. Uh, it just brings a peace that passes understanding the, the way that God only can. And uh, he is God, and we can trust him. There were two boys in Manhattan, one from the city, invited his friend from the country. They were walking through Times Square, and uh, there was all that kind of noise that began in this video. And all of a sudden, the boy from the country said, I hear a cricket. I hear a cricket. And the boy from the city says, you got to be kidding me. I mean, I, I can't hear anything except all the noise around me. No, no, no. There's a cricket here. So he walked over to one of the places where they had some plants. And he looked in there, and sure enough, there was a cricket. <laughs> what are we listening to today? What gets our attention? If you're from the city, you probably don't hear crickets. It, when you go into the country, I remember one time we went on a retreat out in the country, and it was black out in the country at nighttime. City people were scared to death. There's no, no light here. We don't know what's out there. And I, I mean, difference in what you plan on hearing from. And today I'd like to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. So, so very important. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. We need to know that we can hear God's voice. And if you haven't heard God's voice, you need to cry out to him and you need to ask him to speak to you because the voice of God is so important to us. He says, and they follow him. So there's no way that we can follow him until we hear what he's saying. We need to hear the voice of God so we'll know the direction, we'll know the wisdom, we'll know the understanding so that we can follow after him. It demands obedience on our part. Isn't that exciting? How many like to be obedient? Yeah, I thought so. About 5% of you, I think, uh, want to be obedient. Uh, God calls us to be obedient to him. And uh, if we're not obedient to the voice of God, then we need help. We need help. And I think that's the reason why the church generally is in trouble today, is because we're not listening, we're not hearing the voice of God, and therefore we can't follow him. And because of that, the church is in trouble. I'm not just saying this church. I'm saying generally that that's the problem that we primarily have. Christianity differs from all other religions because of the dynamics of relationship. From the beginning, God came down with Adam and Eve in the garden and communicated, talked with them, shared with them. And when they sinned and turned against God, they heard him walking in the garden. And what did they do? They ran and hid behind a bush. And when God says, Adam, where are you? I mean, he knew where they were. But Adam responded, we're over here hiding from you. That to me is hilarious. They're hiding from the only one that they can communicate with. And God took them and worked out that process, a plan of salvation. He killed an animal on that day. He shed blood. And he gave them new clothes to wear so they wouldn't be naked, so that they could have fellowship again with the Lord. And that's why he sent Jesus. 
He sent Jesus to take our sin upon himself so that we might walk in fullness of life. He wants a relationship with us. And if there's not that relationship of hearing God, then we're missing the primary aspect of what God has for us. I want to take you today to uh, Luke chapter number 8, if you can turn there with me. <clears throat> Here is a parable that you're probably very familiar with, and yet it uh, speaks to us loud and clear as to what God is saying to us. There in verse number 5, it says, The sower went out to sow the seed, and he sowed, some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell by the rocky soil, and as soon as it gave, uh, grew it up, it withered away because it had no, no uh, moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and proceeded and produced a crop of a hundred times as great. Then he cries out and he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The very focus of this parable, and he went on and explained it to the, to the disciples because many people couldn't understand what parables were about. I think it's pretty interesting that he told parables there in verse number 10 just so that people wouldn't understand what he was saying. That sound fair of God? Nobody thinks that's very fair. Well, that's what he says. He told parables just so that they couldn't understand. So the disciples said, can you help us understand? And before that, in verse number 11, he says, now the parable is this. This is it. The seed is the word of God. Amen. That's what the seed is. And then he goes on and explains the parable. The first part of the parable there in verse number 12 <clears throat> He says, there beside, uh, those beside the road are those who have heard, I underlined that, heard them, uh, and then the devil comes and takes it away, the word that from their heart, so that they will not believe and be saved. So some are beside the road, and the devil comes and takes it away from them. It's actually stolen from them. Here is a place where all kinds of activity is happening, like in Times Square. There's so many distractions, so many things that you can hear that it's hard to hear the voice of the Lord. But he's speaking, and he speaks to every one of us. Sometimes we're too busy. Sometimes we're too hurried. Sometimes we just don't even take time to listen because God is speaking all the time. All the time God is speaking. And if we would just take time to listen, we'll hear some of the things he has to say. Secondly, there in verse number 13, he goes on and explains a little further. He says, those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. It's interesting when we leave a, a, a session like this where the church is gathered together, I think it'd be good if somebody would stand at the door and say, what did you hear God say today? Because I think before we even get to the door, many people have already forgotten what they've heard. We enjoy coming to church. We enjoy fellowship. We enjoy getting together. But what is he saying to us? 
Is there a word that he's saying to us? I believe we ought to go out of here every Sunday saying, this is what God has given me today, and this is what I need to work on for the rest of the week. Sound okay? You like homework? That's what it's all about. If you hear what God is saying, you got homework. You go home and you work out. You obey the things that God has given to you. Well, some of us really love coming to church, but we don't bother listening and we don't get deep roots and it simply quickly falls away and when temptation comes we're not up to it everyone's going to be tempted did you know that that is common for temptation to come up on every one of us so don't be surprised about that but with a temptation god has spoken to you how to handle that if you but remember if there's a root that's there if his word is lodged within your heart, you'll know how to respond to him. The next verse goes on and says in verse 14, the seed which fell on the thorns, these are the ones who have heard and they go on their way and they are choked with worries, with riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. So here's the third one. They, they grow among the thorns. Let me tell you, when you leave here and you go to work, there's some thorns that you're working with. There might even be some thorns in your family. There's things that will choke out the joy of the Lord. And you need to recognize that. You need to see that, man, I'm, I, I'm not in a good place here. Some people have come to me and said, would you pray that I get a new job? I just can't stand the people I'm working with. Well, Maybe God has a new job for you, but maybe he wants you to dig deep and let the roots of God just work within your heart because they need Jesus just like you needed Jesus. And here's an opportunity for you. Uh, anyway, there's... A, and the fourth one in verse 15. But the seed of the good soil, these are the ones who have heard and the word in the... have heard the word in the honest and good heart and they hold it fast and they bear fruit with perseverance. Isn't that interesting? There is an honest heart. I'll tell you what, I think one of the most important things of our lives is honesty. I married one of the best women in the world. She is so honest that you can't, you, you, there's nothing that she despises more than not hearing the truth. She wants to know the truth all of the time, and that, that's just who she is. And uh, I love that about her, and that's what Christians ought to be like, having an honest, open, tender heart before the Lord. Because when you hear what God is saying, you're going to follow that. You're going to determine to allow that to work within you. It says that we hold fast to his word. How many memorize God's word? Come on, folks. <laughs> if God has spoken to you, maybe you need to take some time with it. Maybe you need to memorize the word. The word of God says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I mean, how important is that? We need to put God's word in our heart. The only way I know how to do that is by memorizing it. Putting it somewhere in my mind, in my heart, that I can walk in the power of God and not in my own strength. That's what God has given to us. Oh, we need to practice this. We need to understand this. And then notice the last part, that we might bear fruit. And then it doesn't stay, stay there. It says, with perseverance. 
How many like perseverance? Again, there's about maybe 3 to 5% that are with me today. I don't know what the rest of you are doing, but when I ask these questions, there's not a great response. With perseverance, everything that comes forth that's good from our life is going to demand perseverance. It doesn't happen just the first time when you speak the word of the Lord. Sometimes when you pray. How many times have you prayed for something that you're looking to God for an answer? Sometimes, I read the other day, a friend was praying for his friend that he might come to know Jesus as a Savior. He prayed for 45 years. And finally, his friend came to him. He told him that he had received Christ as his Savior. Hallelujah. That kind of perseverance is what God is looking for. And that's what it says. The honest and the good heart hold fast to the word of God. And it comes forth with fruit, with perseverance. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you, in all of these situations, God is speaking. Now, the question is, what kind of soil are you in? Are you out there in the busy roadside? Are you in the rocky places? In fact, your life has become pretty rocky because of that. Are you in the place where thorns are choking out the things of God? Or you have a good heart. You have that heart that hears with, with steadfastness. You're producing something that resembles the Lord. You know God's purpose for each one of us? He's changing us from glory to glory into His likeness and image that we might all be like unto Jesus. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And we need to allow him to speak to us and, and motivate us and move us toward the things that he is interested in, the things that are on his heart. I think that's what salvation is really all about. So everyone hears the voice of the Lord. You can go to anybody in this world and you can talk to them about Jesus, talk to them about what they hear is right and wrong. They've already heard from God. I think that's amazing. They may not have done anything with it, but there's a platform already for us to share Jesus with other people because he's already spoken to them. You just come along and affirm what he's been speaking. Well, let me take the rest of my time to talk about how God speaks to us. There's a pattern in which he speaks to each one of us. It's different for each one of us, but we all hear, that what we've just found out, we all hear what he's saying. And so what are the patterns that he uses? The first pattern that I find is that the pattern is unique to each one of us. It's unique. Saul, the great apostle of Jesus Christ, was transformed. How was he transformed? I mean, he was, he was following what he thought was the Lord. And to Saul, he was so self-absorbed and so religious that God had to knock him off of his animal. You ever get knocked upside of the head by God? Some of us need to get hit that way. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm talking to people and they know they're not listening, I just want to reach over and slap them. You ever feel like that? Because they're not listening, especially when it comes to kids at home. They just don't listen. You want to stop and say, you need to hear what I'm saying to you. And Saul was like that. He was so self-absorbed that God had to knock him off of his animal. And then he says, Lord, who are you? <laughs> Jesus says, I'm the one that you're persecuting. Wow. 
and then God leads him into a, a changed life. The opposite of that is Samuel, little boy, goes to, given to the Eli the priest who really wasn't following the Lord very well. But in the middle of the night, the quiet of the night, God speaks to him. I used to tell this to my kids, and Ralph loved this song, loved this story. He wanted me to tell it over and over and over because I would say, this is the voice of God. Samuel, Samuel. And he jumped up and ran into Eli and said, did, did you call me? He said, no, I haven't called you. Go back to bed. Samuel, <laughs> Sam. He wanted me to repeat that over and over. He runs into Eli. Did you call me, master? No, I didn't call you. A third time, he hears the voice of the Lord calling his name. In the quiet of the night, different than Saul, Samuel. God knows our name. Do you know that? He knows every one of our names. He knows everything about us. And he calls us sometimes not out of our rebellion, not out of our, of our own self-absorbedness, but out of his love. We can be very quiet and he speaks our name. He wants to have communication. And so Samuel said, here am I. Speak to me. And he got the word of the Lord. Next day, Eli says, what did the Lord say to you? <laughs> Samuel said, I don't know if I want to say this or not. But he spoke the word of the Lord. He says, you're done. <laughs> God's done with you. You're not listening. Your kids aren't listening. And so he's gonna, he became the first of the greatest prophets. He listened to God. And he continued to hear God and says that not a word that Samuel said ever fell to the ground. He spoke with confidence. He spoke with presence, power. So that's the first thing. He speaks to us uniquely. The second thing, and I love this, God speaks personally to us. Every one of us, he knows us and he knows how to speak to us. I went through a time in my life and let me tell you, anybody have a life verse here? A life verse that you just, that, that's just your verse for life? Let me tell you, I was going through a time looking for direction in my life and I asked my boss, I asked my landlord, I asked people at church, what should I do? I need some money to go to Bible college. And nobody would help me. My boss who loved me, my landlord who actually invited me to his house, come into my house and I'll, I'll sit down and talk to you. And when I explained that I needed some money, he said, all of my money's invested right now. I can't help right now. So I got pretty discouraged. Even people at the church, they wouldn't help either. Isn't that exciting? So I went home one lunchtime, knelt down by the couch. Nobody else was home. I began to cry out to God. And I said, God, I don't know what to do, but I thought that's what you wanted me to do. I thought you wanted me to go to Bible college. But I need money in order to do that. I'd, I learned how to spend all my money. That, that's what I'd been. I, I'd learned how to get rid of it as fast as I got it. In fact, I owed money, especially to the clothing store. Uh, I owed money to all kinds of places. And so I knelt down, I cried out that day, and, and I didn't hear an audible voice, but God spoke to me that day. He says, go in your Bible, go in your bedroom, pick up your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5. I had no idea what it said. I got up off my knees, went into my bedroom, got my Bible, 1 Corinthians 2, 5. That your, fight, that your faith might be 
might not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That answered every question that I had about God's purpose and plan in my life. I went immediately back to work, went up to my boss and says, I'm leaving in two weeks to go to Bible school. How are you, you going to do that? I don't know, but it's up to God. And I resigned. I, I was leaving. Two days later, a woman comes up to my mother at work and say, I'd like to help your son go to, bio, go to business school. So she came home and told me that. I said, I, I don't want to go to business school. Well, she said she wants to help you. Call her. And so I called her, and she's out on the farm, lost her husband there by herself. She says, come, sit down and talk to me. And so I went out, visited with her, told her what I wanted to do. She says, well, how can I help you with that? I said, well, if you'd co-sign a note for me at the bank, I could get the money I need, pay off the money, and I can go to Bible college. He says, tell me the date, tell me the time, I'll be there. I didn't know at the time that the Bible says don't co-sign a note for anybody. <laughs> I didn't know that verse. And so I obligated that woman in a way that I shouldn't have done. <laughs> but that's become my life verse now is that I, I don't need to look to the wisdom of men, but to the power of God. He has me. He controls me. He knows everything about my life, and I can trust him because he's spoken to me. Let me tell you, we need to hear from God because that's going to get you through the rest of your life. You need a life verse. You need to have God's word speak to you, and he'll do that. The next one, the pattern here that I find, is that he speaks progressively and when I use that word let me just explain first of all that his word is not progressive his word never changes it remains the same there's no, not going to be any additions to his word the word of God doesn't progress at all but let me tell you what does progress when he when we hear and respond to his word then we are changed that's what changes God's word doesn't change, but he changes us. When we hear the word of the Lord, that's when change comes. I mentioned to you before, from glory to glory, he's changing me into his likeness and image. We need to hear God in order for that to happen. Hallelujah. Well, there's a number of them here I want to I share with you. Uh, he speaks uh, uniquely. He speaks progressively to us. He speaks then uh, consistently. Uh, consistency is an amazing thing. God will never say something to you that will be inconsistent with his character or with his word. He just won't do that. I've heard a number of people come up to me and tell me things, and I said, uh, that's really not God. I remember the first time that I said that, a woman came up to me in church a long time ago, and she said, I've gotten a word from God. I'm going to go to Asia to be a missionary. I said, well, that sounds exciting. Are, your, are you, your husband and your kids excited with you? No, I'm going to go by myself. I said, I don't think God really spoke to you <laughs> because he made you one together with your husband and he's given you two children to take care of. And I don't think God would say, you need to go to Asia all by yourself. And different people from time to time come to me and tell me things that, said, I don't think that fits with God's word. He doesn't follow something that's contrary to his word. <clears throat> God will never leave people to be unethical or immoral. 
And let me tell you, immorality is rampant in our world right now. Rampant in our world. And I found so many Christians that it really doesn't matter about morality to them. Uh, but David found this. David was a man of God, loved God, had a whole heart for God, heard from God, and yet he saw this woman Bathsheba one day and he says, I think I'll do something with her and ends up sinning against him. A prophet has to come and expose that to him. Psalm 51, if you want a psalm of repentance, if you need to repent today, read Psalm 51. Go through that as David did. He said, cried out before God. He said, God, forgive me. I've sinned against you, and I've sinned against you and God alone. And he repented there. Read it. It's an amazing psalm. Don't have time to go into that, but I'd like to. The next thing that he speaks there is that he speaks faithfully to us. Faithfully speaks to us. Oh, my goodness. He, he doesn't leave us alone. He is a faithful God through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's 1 Corinthians 1.9. And then in 2 Timothy 2.23, 2, 2.13, uh, sorry, it says if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he can deny, cannot deny himself when we're not faithful let me tell you God is still faithful he doesn't change we change we need to repent we need to get right before God God not only saves us in salvation but he continues to work with us even when we're not working with him let me give you some help here because sometimes we don't work with the Lord we know what we should be doing but we're not doing it and we I've heard people say I can't come back to church until I get everything right. No, you need to come to church so you can get everything right. And people stay away from fellowship just because they're not listening, not obeying the things that God has given to them. Well, he is always faithful. There's a song that I thought about, and I'd like to sing it. I don't have a lot of time, but... He who began a good work in you... He who began a good work in you, he is faithful to complete it. Yes, he is faithful to complete it. He who started a work will be faithful to complete it in you. Just a simple song. He's faithful, faithful, faithful to complete it. Let me give you the last one. We're running out of time here, but God speaks unmistakably when he speaks he speaks so clearly that we can't miss it at all he says here in Isaiah 14 24 what an amazing verse this is surely just as I have intended so it has happened and just as I have planned so it will stand Isn't that amazing thing then Gabriel comes to Zacharias in Luke <laughs> Luke chapter number one, if you haven't read this a while, I, I read this over several times this week, and I'm just amazed here. He comes to Zacharias, and he says, your prayers have been answered. I come to tell you that the answer has been, and you're going to be joyful, you're going to be glad, and, and you're going to rejoice over the, the birth of your son. And he gets through all of the things he's saying, and down here in verse number 18, Zacharias responds as, how will I know for certain... I am an old man, and my wife, she's advanced in years as well. Gabriel gets offended. He says, I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of God. 
didn't you hear what I had to say to you? I mean, he wants us to know that our prayers, he hears them, and he wants to answer them. But sometimes we say, I don't think that's possible. How does God work with that? He does. He's silent, Zacharias. He says, okay, because you haven't believed what I've told you, you're not going to be able to speak until after the baby's born. I wonder what the church would be like if we didn't respond in faith to what he's saying to us, if we would be silent for a year. Isn't that exciting? Your husband may not say anything for a while. Your wife may not say anything for a while. Zacharias was quieted. Finally, the child is born. They come and they say, well, surely his name is going to be Zacharias. And Elizabeth raised her hand and said, no, no, no. His name is John. They went to Zacharias and said, what do you think about this? Well, he's silent. Give me a pad. And he writes on the pad, his name shall be called John. And with that, his mouth was open. And just a few verses later than that, he's prophesying for 12 verses. Read it there. It's exciting. He starts prophesying about his son, about how great he's going to be. And I mean, he moves from doubt and fear as the God's not really answering to a place of declaring the glories of God himself. When we hear God, we respond in a wonderful way. Let me just give you some responses here that we might make today. Our preparation to hear God. He's speaking all the time. What do we need to do? I would suggest, first of all, that you find a quiet place. Get away from the noise. Get away from the distractions. Go to a quiet place, whatever that is. Let me just tell you, the bathroom often is a great place. Nobody will bother you there. You can be quiet all by yourself, and you can be quiet before the Lord. Not a bad place. Secondly, I would suggest maybe that you fast and pray. For when you cry out to God, God wants to hear you. God wants to answer you. If you'll fast, show him that you want to seek him with all of your heart. And the Bible says if you seek him, he'll let you find him. I love that verse. If you'll seek after him with all of your heart, he'll let you find him. You'll hear from him. And then lastly, probably one of the things that I found that I've shared with so many people, read God's word until he speaks to you. Some people open the Bible and read one verse. Say, God never talks to me. Oh, read a chapter. Read two chapters. I've never talked to anybody yet that have read through the third chapter and God begins to speak to them. Let me encourage you. Read God's word until he begins to speak to you. Maybe it'll take a whole book. I don't know. I don't know how rebellious you are. But... <laughs> He wants to speak to you, and you need to hear him because when you hear him, life is going to flow from heaven, and you're going to know the living God like you've never known before. You'll be filled with his wisdom, his guidance, his blessings. Let's hear from God. That's what he calls us to do. God bless you.